0: So Matthew chapter four, verses one to 17. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake, in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Wonderful. So, um, really amazing passage. So much in here. Could probably preach for a couple of hours, but don't worry, it's going to be 15 minutes so or hopefully not more than that um there's a pretty famous prayer that starts our father and finishes with the kingdom the power and the glory are yours forever amen anyone know that prayer which one is it lord's prayer yeah so you may remember it does say something in that prayer and this is a prayer that jesus taught his disciples to pray and that's us right um Lead us not into temptation. Remember that bit of the prayer? So, what on earth or in heaven is going on here? Because it seems like Jesus is being led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So, how does that all work? Well, in the next 15 minutes, I hope we can dig into that together and just understand that a bit. Um, I've titled this talk Soft Hearted in a hard-hearted world. And there's three things that are on the slide there. What exactly is the wilderness? What is temptation? And so what anyway? Why are we even talking about this? In the first verse in um, the passage that Jen read, it says Jesus was led into the wilderness. And the Greek there is Eremos, which is a solitary, lonely place. Desolate, uninhabited, nothing grows and nobody lives now I think we all seek comfort in our lives at least most of us do I do Um, and we want convenience next day delivery thanks very much or possibly 10 p.m. tonight thanks very much Amazon but we all know that the comfortable times in our lives are not necessarily the times when we grow most and vice versa that sometimes the hardest times in our lives are when the Lord refines us like gold maybe like that fire refining gold and we often don't see it at the time but we maybe see it later and this is like the paradox of the wilderness if you like it's a place of deadness nothing grows there it's lonely and nobody lives there yet it's the very place where the lord is often working in our lives We tend to blame the devil, don't we, or the government, or the EU, or America, Donald Trump, or someone else, or some group, for testing times. But here we see that it's actually the Spirit of God that leads Jesus into the wilderness. Spirit himself doesn't do the testing of Jesus, the tempting, but he does lead Jesus into that place where he was tested in the wilderness, And if you know the story of Exodus, from uh, the people of Israel leaving Egypt, going through the Red Sea and all that, you'll know that God also led the people of Israel from a place where Egypt, there was loads of food, it was very plentiful, you know, lovely place, the river was there, lots, lots growing, into the wilderness of Sinai, a rocky wilderness to test them. Kosuke Kuyama, in his book, Three Mile an Hour God, describes it like this. The wilderness is an open place in all directions. It's a place full of possibilities. The mind can stretch out or plunge into deep meditation in the wilderness. But at the same time, this open place is a dangerous, desolate place inhabited by demons and evil spirits. It's a space not cultivated, not civilized, The wilderness is thus full of promise and full of danger. So the wilderness is a place of opportunity of growth, but it's also a place of danger of demons and loneliness. So therefore, the wilderness is perhaps not something to be desired, something to be prayed for that will be led into. However, at the right time and in the right place, the wilderness is something that the Lord will lead us into but he'll be with us in that wilderness, as he was with Jesus, and never leave us. When Jesus is in the wilderness, he's very hungry from 40 days of fasting, and he's tempted by the devil. But I just thought we'd look a little bit at what temptation is. In Greek, the words temptation is the same word as for testing, so it's basically the translator's choice whether they use the word temptation or testing in English. Temptation may look different for all of us. Jesus was tempted with three things, to use his power to lessen his own suffering and avoid the temptation that God wanted and needed him to endure so that he could identify with us. Secondly, the devil tempted him to test God, and thirdly, to take a shortcut to bring his kingdom in, bypassing the cross. And honestly, there's a whole sermon in each of those, and maybe we'll get to preach that and, and talk about that sometime, but just gonna go into some examples so I've heard temptations for men described as the three G's the glory pride the gold money and the girls I'm not sure what the equivalent for women is or, or those um, others but they these are maybe what we might call the obvious temptations they are the things that you know if you see in a film or someone's talking about them they'll be the things that are focused on aren't they and they are real i'd certainly say in my youth i'd relate more to those obvious temptations but these days i think i can be blind to more subtle ones so two personal examples and one biblical example just about around temptations and i was around at someone else's house who's here this morning um, a few weeks ago and we just i just watched um, mr bates versus the post office anyone watch that yeah most people Amazing. We watched all four episodes, actually, on one night, so which spent most of the evening crying, to be honest. I said to, when I was around at the uh, friend's house, I said, how I was so embarrassed by the implicated CEO, Paula Venels, for those who haven't watched it. It's, it. I mean, it's a really good drama, very close to um, uh, what happened, apparently. She was a self-supporting priest, like me, so I work, you know, for money during the week. Um, and I was so ashamed that she wore the dog collar. But this person I was visiting, and this had quite an impact on me actually, said how we didn't know the full story, right? We hadn't heard it from her side, not really. And some of the evidence that you actually even see in the video does suggest that she was trying to get to the truth, if not perhaps very effectively. And as we spent a bit of time praying, we were praying about something else, there were three of us there. The Lord actually led me to passionately pray for Paula Venels, and I was really convicted about it. And I, it certainly wasn't from um, you know, myself that I was praying. It was definitely the Holy Spirit that was really convicting me and led me to really passionately pray for her without judgment. And I had to repent of that temptation to find a scapegoat and to judge and to go along with the crowd. Often, I, you know, you look at, the newspapers, you look at social media or something, oh, it's so terrible that this, you know, people are judging these people, and then I thought, gosh, that's just, you know, exactly what I was doing. It's such a temptation, I think. As an example from the Bible, um, we could think of the story, there's so many examples, but we could think of the story of Joseph, firstly tempted by Potiphar's wife, and then innocent and locked up again, tempted to give up on God. To become hard-hearted and to hate his family, especially his brothers who had sold him into slavery. If you don't know the story, do read it, or you can watch it with um, Joseph and his Technicolor Dream coach, which is I think it's pretty accurate, actually. Um, and especially chapter 45 of Genesis, where instead of being cold-hearted and bitter towards his family and his, his brothers, as I say, especially, and lashing out at them, the people who had sold him into slavery, and he spent something like, I think it was 17 years or something, you know, 13, 17 years in, in the prison, basically. Um, he wept and threw his arms around his brothers in love, and he chose to do that. Another personal example is um, in the early part of 2020, remember that year, I was quite poorly, uh, not with COVID actually, but with something else, and my operation kept being pers- postponed because you know, COVID was brand new, didn't know what was going on, didn't know if I might get it and all of that. So um, it was a horrible time, and I'd only been in hospital one night before when I was about five years old to have my adenoids out. Um, and i had four stays of a week each plus day visits as well totaling about a month between march 2020 and may 2020 and because of the virus i couldn't have any visitors and i'm a very sociable person i'm an extreme extrovert and so it was even harder for me because uh it, i just couldn't see anyone i mean I, Chattered to the people around me, but there's only so much that they would tolerate. Um, I think God did use that a bit, but you, know, you also want to respect people's privacy, right? And I was so tempted in that situation to harden my heart, to kind of um, close in on myself and shut God out. I was tempted to be cynical about the system, the NHS, even though it's wonderful and amazing how each individual person Yeah, they were doing their job, but I didn't feel I was really being cared for overall, and it wasn't really working. And actually, there was something in the news this week about that sort of thing, wasn't there? I remember at one point, lying on my hospital bed, and I was just sobbing quietly to Jesus about how unwell I was, and how sad I was to be on my own. I had the curtains closed, and I was trying to just sob quietly. It's probably one of the low points of my life. I'd like to say that, you know, after I prayed, that uh, everything was really great and I felt amazing. (laughs) But I didn't feel that different. And I had to trust him despite my feelings and keep his perspective. I don't know if you remember that song we sang at the beginning, Thanks Andy and Sarah, about blessed be the name of the Lord, Um, you know, whether things are going well or things are going um, harder and there's suffering. But what was amazing was a few months later, I did see how God was working in my life through that, through the pain, and actually, in some ways, he was emptying me of myself, really, um, so that he could fill me afresh by his spirit and bring me back closer to him. And it was actually preparing me for starting theological training, so I started in the pandemic. Didn't see any of my students for a whole year. (laughs) Um, I say my students, you know, my fellow students. but that was, yeah, I only really realized around then, I thought, gosh, I can see what God's done, uh, but I didn't, didn't see it at the time. And we won't always see the change in this life, right? So, you know, I don't wanna say it's, yeah, in a few months it'll all be fine, it'll all be clear. It's not always the case. But Jesus wants us to know that he is with us through that pain and that suffering and the temptations. And we always have a choice. It's one thing I want to get across this morning. Whether to harden our hearts and become cold or to fall on our knees and come to the cross seeking him. And I just thought, what about us? If I go back. Okay, so do you. (laughs) What choices have you been making in 2024 so far? What choices do you want to make in the rest of 2024 I hope we'll want to choose to grow closer to Jesus that through the temptations trials suffering may come and sometimes all at the same time right quite often actually tends to be lots of things at the same time doesn't it It goes in phases that will turn our eyes and our hearts to Jesus again and again no matter how many times we have to do that Praise God that we don't have to do that in our own strength. If you're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't think I can do that, it's okay. We don't have to do it in our own strength. The passage that um, Jen read and all of the gospels show that all the temptation that Jesus went through that's recorded and no doubt there's much more that Jesus was also tempted in that um, isn't recorded. In his first letter to the Corinthian church the apostle Paul says no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to mankind and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you're tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it and then later on in Hebrews says for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet did not sin. Jesus went through the garden of Gethsemane when he was all alone, his friends falling asleep despite their best efforts, and then deserting him at the most testing of times. And he went all the way to the cross, scorning its shame and pain, forgiving his mockers and his executioners, which is us folks, by the way. We often talk about it being the Roman soldiers, but it was really us that put him on there with our sin. We don't serve and worship a God who keeps himself to himself. The wordle word on friday was aloof and it made me think of this god is not like that he's not kind of aloof we worship jesus who we celebrate coming as a baby at christmas we've just done that and we will be celebrating him coming and dying on the cross and rising again nailing our sin on our weakness and the muck of our lives to that wood destroying death even death itself not just sin, forever. So that Paul can say later, in, in the same letter actually, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? We're gonna finish in a moment with a short video from the Judean desert. And I invite you to just use this time, just please do stay sitting, watching, and listening to the music and to ask the holy spirit just to reveal to you um, things to help you know what he wants you to do the choices maybe you've already made choices coming up but firstly I should just say we're talking about temptation if you do have a serious addiction something like alcohol drugs gambling something that's just you know out of control in your life then please do speak to a GP Praise God that we have, you know, wonderful GPs and everyone around us that um, uh, we can call on to uh, get help, you know, appropriate help, and also to find someone to pray with um, that you trust. And there's no judgment here. God wants to set you free. And secondly, for all of us, it can be hard to keep perspective on um, when we feel we're in that desert, in that wilderness, which is why it's great to have some Christian friends or prayer partners or something like that to pray with. And if you're not in a small group already, please do consider joining one. They're a fantastic place to um, get, encourage other people and be encouraged and get to know people more. So there are evening groups on different days, and there are many daytime groups as well, Monday morning communion, Oasis on Friday, and there are other groups. So um, please do speak to me or Joe or Ritesh after the service if you'd like to be involved. And also a few of us will be over there after the service um, if you'd like prayer on anything that's come up today or, or indeed anything at all. So, as I say, we're going to finish uh, by way of response, really, to watch this short video. It's just a a couple of minutes long. It's compiled by a Polish group. I won't try and pronounce the name of the group. Too many consonants. Um, But it's with music by Suket Tsumi. And I love the strap line they put under the title. It says, Join us in the journey around the desert of Judah. So it's like a, it's just a jeep, um, just traveling around. And it's very much, you know, the the desert of Judah is very much now like it was um, when uh, Jesus went into the wilderness. Absolutely beautiful an amazingly rough place. Place where you can easily hear your heart beating. So let's listen and watch now and hear what the Lord is saying to us.